Crown of Thorns by Iris Bluefick Chapter 56 Backward Glance Gomorrah, 2298 BC As Crowley would soon learn, Sodom was already ashes by the time he realised the thunderous tremor that sent his cocktail flying meant he ought to grab the tavern keeper's wrist and get her out of dodge. What's happening? Annette demanded, one of her long glass-beaded necklaces snapping as she attempted to twist out of Crowley's grasp. She was strong, but not strong enough to escape being hauled bodily over the bar while Crowley hissed apologies. Sir, for the love of... If you don't hold still, Crowley said, painfully aware of his rising panic as he caught Annette against his chest, there won't be anything left to love. Can you stand up? Good he instructed, shakily setting the tavern-keeper on her feet, taking her hand. Now, instead of holding still, hold on. The real terror of the situation, at least in that moment, wasn't Anat's widening amber eyes as the ceiling timbers began to shake and shed splinters before igniting. It was that Crowley had never attempted the only manoeuvre currently at his disposal while in physical contact with a human. The result could be disastrous. This might hurt, he shouted above the fleeing patron's cries, shielding himself and Anat in the circle of his suddenly manifested wings, just as the timbers above them shuddered and gave. In the nothingness between the spot in which they'd just been and the spot in which they landed hard on sand and scree amidst swirling dust, all that Crowley heard was a gnat's despairing scream. No more of that, <coughs> Crowley coughed, rolling away from her, giving himself a cursory pat-down inspection before having a look at his companion. Your hair's a fright, but we made it out alive. Annette coughed, touching the bleeding cut on her cheek. <coughs> what the fuck? She demanded, struggling to her feet, throwing off Crowley's hand when he offered it. What's that? Crowley lifted his chin, nodding at the two not-so-distant bonfires visible over her shoulder. He was too drained to speak, much less explain what in God's sake somebody's name was going on. What have we here? asked an unfamiliar voice from behind him. Another who'd look back? Annette froze, her eyes darting helplessly to one side, but she didn't turn her head. Sir, please. Crowley glanced over his shoulder, turning to squint at their interrogator. As the wind died down, he could just about discern the tall, flame-haired figure leaning casually against a lone rock formation that had somehow survived the firestorm. It had something like an elaborate spear in hand. Nice wings, Crowley said, indicating the stranger's impressive span. So, was this one of yours? You got them too? Annette pointed out, in too much shock to do anything except state the obvious. The angel, who was decidedly not Aziraphale in some kind of tarted-up corporation, patted the pillar against which it had been leaning. Crowley didn't care for the predatory look it gave Annette. Keep those pretty eyes trained straight ahead, darling, said the angel, or you'll end up like Edith. I don't understand. Annette whispered, 
her eyes fixed on the angel as it approached her. Who is? Her gaze drifted back to Crowley, accusing. Come to it, but who the hell are you? One of your regulars, said Crowley brightly, dashing to Annette's side, taking her hand in a manner that he hoped came across as reassuring. I'm insulted, if you really want to know, he added, swallowing. Just because I see your face once a week doesn't mean I give a shit, Annette said between gritted teeth, but she squeezed Crowley's hand just as tightly as he was squeezing hers. Who is that? At a guess, Crowley sighed, looking the angel up and down as it paused in front of them. Trouble. Aha, uh-huh. said the angel, leaning right into Crowley's personal space. Old As wasn't lying, was he? Maybe not to you, said Crowley, shuddering as the angel tipped Crowley's chin up with one perfect, intrusive index finger. But I could tell you a thing or two about er, Aziraphale and the art of fabrication. You do mean the principality, right? Accounts differ as to whether that title suits him any longer, said the angel, lips quirking. But yes. Your God, blurted Annette quicker on the uptake than she looked. And who was Asset Elis? Before Crowley could answer her question, the angel tilted its head towards Anat, entirely too curious. What's a lovely girl like you doing with this yellow-eyed hellspawn? Aziraphale is an old friend of mine. Edith used to be human until the Almighty turned her to salt for caring more about the fate of her daughters than the advice my colleague Uriel over there. The angel jerked its head towards the horizon, where Crowley noticed several fleeing figures, one of which also had wings. Gave her, and my name is Raphael. We're not deities, but close guess. Any questions? What have you done to my city? asked Annette, her lower lip trembling as blood from her cheeks spilled onto it. She squeezed Crowley's hand harder than ever, impressively standing her ground. Raphael clucked his tongue, turning his attention back on Crowley. You're not even curious what I meant by hellspawn? he asked, scrutinizing Crowley's features. Fetching, though, is he not? If this weird creature saved my life as Hellspawn, said Annette, so are you. I see no difference. Raphael made another disapproving sound, bringing the point of his weapon down against Annette's exposed throat. You'd do better than to equate a demonic foot soldier with an archangel, he said. My grandmother used to say she knew a lot of gods, replied Annette, and all of them were bastards. Crowley squeezed his eyes shut, sure it was curtains for both of them. But instead, Raphael laughed. (laughs) I'll spare you, darling, seeing as your soul is clearly no concern of mine, he chuckled. Crowley opened his eyes just in time to see Annette spit a red-tinged mouthful right in Raphael's face. Her soul's not my concern either, if that's what you're implying he said. Free will and all that. Raphael brought the point of his weapon just shy of the spot on Crowley's chin he'd touched with his finger, sending a tremor of visceral horror down Crowley's spine. 
The proximity burned. Get thee behind me, Raphael commanded, and see to it you spare this misguided woman's life. Already did, Crowley gasped, taking several steps backward, dragging Annette with him. You, on the other hand, threatened her with mineral transformation should she so much as glance behind. Raphael shouldered his weapon, turning his back on them, heading towards the fleeing humans. <sighs> no idea why Az thinks there's hope for you, scoffed the Archangel, just loudly enough. There's no hope for any of us, Annette sobbed, collapsing in Crowley's arms. Oh, my city. Find a new one, Crowley said, restoring her beads. And don't you dare stop making those cocktails. Home, 30th of November, 2016. In Aziraphale's absence, Crowley could think of no better pursuit than mixing himself a drink and carrying out pastry-focused experiments related to Mandy's upcoming wedding. Pippa's snowshoe, Tom, had escaped the house, and she'd rung, insisting she needed help rounding up the wily feline. Crowley licked lavender and white chocolate-flavoured batter off the back of his spatula, dropping onto his heels in front of the oven, where he'd just placed a tray of muffins. You'd better rise, he warned. The sound of a motorbike roaring up in the front drive was the last thing he wanted to hear at a time like this, but he got to his feet, fetched his glass from the counter, and marched out onto the porch. Oh, that helmet looks fetching on you, Crowley told Raphael as he dismounted from the bike, throat seizing a little at the intense bite of lemongrass his next swig delivered. Really keen. Shove it up your arse, darling, said Raphael, blithely tucking the helmet under his arm. His diction had improved to the point that Crowley no longer felt the need to tell him to just stick with ass. Why the visit? Crowley asked, taking another swallow of the cocktail for fortitude, getting more of the date palm and nutmeg this time. Did Uriel decide to sleep through today's nasty weather? It's raw, Raphael agreed, striding up to the porch. But the rain's clearing up. No, Uriel's off for a spot of cat-catching at the shambles. Which is where dear Az has gone. Am I even wrong? No. Crowley mumbled into his glass, eyeing Raphael's black leather ensemble. So, what's up? Raphael's expression was somewhere between a smile and a smirk. Special delivery for you ahead of the holidays, so do me a favor and never say I've slipped in this endless business of apology. The painting from Provincetown was enough, Crowley reassured him. Aziraphale pisses and moans about it hanging there above the sofa at least twice a day. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Glad to hear it. Raphael said, snatching the glass away from Crowley, just as a red truck emblazoned with the name of a familiar nursery pulled up behind the bike. Christ, what's in this? I'd tell you to ask a nut, replied Crowley, returning Jamie's friendly wave as he got out of the driver's side. But she's long gone. I doubt you remember her. 
Since when's Mr. Hernez working for Rufus? Since that former satanic nun girlfriend of his convinced Rufus he had both an exceptional green thumb and the know-how to manage deliveries, said Raphael, watching Jamie roll up the back. Of course I remember her, darling. Who could possibly forget eyes like those? She's the genius behind what you're drinking, Crowley said, taking a few barefoot steps up the freezing front walk. In case you missed that part. He squinted at what Jamie was tugging down from the vehicle, opening his mouth to offer help just as Raphael caught the back of Crowley's shirt. I asked him to find a Roxbury to go with your Egremont, said the Archangel, nodding sidelong at the apple tree in the yard. And that's exactly what he did. Had it shipped all the way from Massachusetts, so you can just consider it a belated extension of the painting if you like. That's St. Andrew's Day, Crowley said, too overcome to offer a direct response. Patron of those inclined to musical performance of the vocal sort, isn't that right? Do you know Annette's name meant? <sighs> Singer, or to sing, Raphael sighed. My Hebrew's as good as yours, don't pretend. Too late, said Crowley, swiping the drink. Hey, thanks. Now I've got an orchard full of reminders, and just look at what those ungrateful buggers have gone and done at the poles. Raphael took Crowley's free hand, squeezing it hard enough to shake them both where they stood. Don't give up hope for them, he implored, his voice low and harsh. Not yet. You've taught me that much. Trying my best, Crowley replied, lacing his fingers with Raphael's. But I'll have a chat with Adam anyway. Crown of Thorns will continue in Chapter 57. <laughs>